Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Well, you don't need me to tell you this, but the world is filled with sad and hurting people, those that are brokenhearted, disillusioned, enslaved by bad habits, confused about the future, put down and hurt by others, desperate for someone to show them the way to true life and fulfillment. Things haven't really changed much since the time of the Lord Jesus, when he looked about to see the multitudes of people who fit this description. These are the words he spoke to them. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What wonderful words from the lips of the Savior himself. Do you not fit into one or more of these categories, my friend? Weary, captive, confused, fearful, hurt, looking for hope? Well, we've all been there before, haven't we? It was for such people that the Lord Jesus came into the world, to release them from the bondage and consequences of sin, and to restore them back to a wholeness that only God himself can give. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Gaius Goff takes a look at the great mission of the Lord Jesus in coming here to seek and to save sinners, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. We hope that today's message will help you to understand how God loves the world and has done everything needed to solve the ultimate problem underlying all of our sad issues. Estrangement from Him. Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. We're going to read about the Savior, the perfect man who is the message of the gospel. Verse 16, chapter 4, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So we would call that the message of the man. That's what he preached. He preached a message to people who had problems, to people with a problem. So his message, you got any problems here? Turn with me over a little bit further to chapter 15 at verse 1. So we read, first of all, of the message of the man. 15 and verse 1, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. 
And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. So in our first reading, we read of the message of the man. Now here we read of the friends of the man. Now turn for one final reading over a few pages to chapter 19. And this is a story that tells about Zacchaeus, and I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to just read verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So in our first reading, we read about the message of the man. In the second reading, we read about the friends of the man. And here in the third reading, we read of the mission of the man. He came to seek and to save the lost. This is very, very important that you understand that the Lord knows that people have problems. And he didn't just leave us to try and solve them all on our own because some of them are way, way too big for us to handle. So, you got a problem? Well, here's the way God has arranged to deal with the problems. If you're poor, now he doesn't intend that everybody be rich and full of money and have pockets full of money. There's two kinds of poor. There's money, well, there's more than two, but there's money poor where you, anybody here really, really hungry? Well, that's pretty tough if you haven't had anything to eat. And if you've got a real serious problem after this meeting, there's some food over there. That's not a real bad problem here, that kind of poor. But there's another kind of poor, and that's when people know in their own heart that they're a sinner. That kind of poor is a serious problem. And I'm not even going to ask if there's people here tonight who say that I have never sinned, although I did one time in a place, and one lady, an old lady, said, I've never sinned. And I said, I'd like to shake your hand twice. She told me at the door, going, I've never sinned. I said, I'd like to shake your hand twice, because this is the first in my life. I've never met anybody in my life who has never sinned. And has kept all the commandments. She said, really? I said, that's right. And I said, wow. I mean, uh, can I tell other people? Well, she said, I said I'd, I'd like to come to your house and find out how you managed to do that. Well, she said, I keep all the Ten Commandments. I said, everyone? Oh, yes, my dear, she said, certainly do. I said, like even thou shalt not bear false witness? Oh, I've never been in court in my life. And she went over a lot. of. I said, I would like to come to your house and... We, she said, so do, come in the morning. So I went to her house the next morning, and early, just after 9 o'clock. That wasn't really early there, but it was for her. And I noticed when I came up sidewalk, you know, the curtain swung a little bit like that, so I said, she's been watching through the window, see if I'm coming. Sure enough, I came in and opened the door and came in and sat down. And she said, come right in. She said, I got a cup of tea sitting right here, ready to pour on this table. And I noticed a great big family Bible there. And I said, my, you've been reading the Bible? Oh, yes, she said, I read the Bible every day. I said, that's good. On the wall, she had a, a picture of the Ten Commandments. She said, there's the commandments that I go by. How are you doing on all these? I started going over one after the other, one right after the other. And I said, uh, thou shalt not bear false witness. I said, you've never done? Oh, she said, like I said, I was never in court. Well, I said, you know, really bearing false witness isn't just going to court. It means telling a lie. 
Oh, she said, I don't lie. I said, that's interesting. I said, you've been reading the Bible this morning? Do you always read it like this? She said, yeah, but I said, your Bible's upside down. It's facing the wrong direction. And you couldn't get against the wall to read it. So I said, were you really reading the Bible or did you just put that out there because you knew the preacher was coming? And you were trying to impress me that you were holy. And the color started to come up her face. I said, you really weren't reading the Bible, were you? You just wanted me to think it. And that is bearing false witness. My dear, she said, what am I going to do? I said, you'll have to do just like all the rest of us sinners. Repent of our sin and turn from our sin and turn to God for mercy and call upon his name as a sinner. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that woman faced that day something that she had never known. She didn't know she had the problem. And she found it out and within half an hour she had turned from sin to Christ. And I hardly had to say a word. I just turned the Bible around and I let her read. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I asked her a few questions. I said, Read here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And she read it out loud. And now she's crying. Tears are coming over this old lady's face. And this is what it says. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So that we would be dead to our own sins and from now on would live for God. She looked at that. And I said, just on the other side of the page there, look. Verse 18 of chapter 3. First Peter, Christ also hath suffered for sins. The just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. The woman finally came to honestly find out she was a sinner. And God saved her the same day. And he can do that for you. Now, are you a sinner? Oh, you say, but I'm just young. Or you might not be as old as me, but you have a problem. And that's why he, Christ came. His message was to preach the gospel to the poor. If you were to go out western part of Canada, I had a great-grandfather left Strathroy, Ontario, and moved out onto the prairies. And they built up little houses out there out of sod that were not much bigger than this platform. And they lived in there, and they raised their children there, and they had other places like that for their cows. And between the house where they lived and where the cows and horses were, they generally had a path. But it's really muddy on the prairies. So sometimes they would go and get sand or gravel and make a good path so they didn't get buried in the mud. In this house, there was a girl and a boy, and uh, there was nobody nearby, and so they played together all the time, the boy and the girl. But one Christmas, and they were poor people, one Christmas, the mother made a doll for the girl out of a sock. She filled it up with oats, and she tied little legs on it, you know, tied it so there was legs on that, and arms, and drew a face on the top of it, 
and drew some hair on it and put some things on it. And look, and the girl got this little doll for Christmas. She thought she had the world. The boy had a little toy too that his father made. That they were poor people. But then the girl liked to play with the doll more than she did with her brother. Kind of made him a little upset. So one day the girl and her mother went on the horse and wagon to visit a neighbor, which was about a mile and a half or two miles away, and the boy was home with his father, and the father was out in his barn, and the boy went and said, now, I'm going to fix up with her, and he went and got that doll, and he dug a hole in the path that leads from the house to the barn and buried the doll, covered it over with gravel, and nobody would have known the difference. When the little girl and her mom came home, they were around for a while, and the little girl said, Mom, I can't find my doll. And they looked around this little house, not very big, and they couldn't find that doll. The mother looked at the little boy, and she said, Now, did you see your sister's doll? And he goes, No, not me. No, no. She said, You're sure? No, never saw it. The father came in from the barn, and he checked it out, and no, you never saw it. No, never saw it. And that little girl was, well, she cried because this was her only toy. But a month and a half or so later, spring of the year came and the sun came out. And the father was walking out to his barn one morning and he noticed in the path some green shoots coming up through the gravel. And he thought, aha. So he went ahead and did his chores and he came back. And he came into the house and he said, son, he said, I'd like you to come out with me. So he said, sure, dad. And the boy goes out and he says, now, here's a shovel. I want you to dig right there. And the boy looked up at his dad and he started to cry. He says, do I have to? He said, dig. And they dug down and sure enough, those oats that made that doll had sprouted. And the boy found out he had a problem. You may not think you're all that bad, but with God, you got a problem. And that problem is something that you can't handle on your own. But he didn't only come to deal and waken people up to their sin problem. He came to heal the brokenhearted. You know what it's like to have a broken heart? That's when it comes to that place where you think, isn't there anybody around that cares at all anymore? Isn't there some way that I can get clear of this load that's on my soul. And sometimes broken hearts come right into homes. I was asked one time to go to this house where there's two children and a wife. The husband had gone off with somebody else. I hope there's nobody here doing that. And I didn't know what to do, but except I went into the house and I was there talking to the mother and the two children. And, and then the father came just to the door and opened the door, and just stood inside. He said, Mr. Goff, I don't want to be here. I don't love her. I've got another. And he said, I don't want to be here. And I said, but you took some vows, and you got some broken hearts here. Well, he said, that's the way it is. He says, I'm done. He turned to walk to the door, and that little boy, he couldn't have been more than seven. The little girl was probably about 12. He ran over to his father and wrapped his arms around his father's leg. And he said, oh, daddy, don't leave us. Please don't leave us. And he started crying. And that man had to reach down 
and peel that boy's hands off his leg before he could go out through the door. And he left broken hearts. But do you know, if I'm talking to somebody here tonight with a broken heart, that the Lord Jesus came to heal broken hearts? You know how he did it? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And he came because he was a friend of sinners like you and me. And he came because he knew nobody else could really deal with broken hearts. Only God. And he came to heal broken hearts by paying the price of broken hearts. And he did it when he died on the cross of Calvary, bearing our sins in his body on the tree. He came to heal broken hearts. But he also came to set at liberty those that are captive. You know, I, I, I'm old enough now that i got to talk straight to people. Any of you folks here captive? You say, well, I'm a free man. Is that right? You drink a lot? If you do, you're a captive. You smoke a lot? If you do, you're a captive. You, I mean, do you take pot or any of the other drugs? Something else to see some of the captives that are in this country of Canada or the United States. I went into a hospital one time, asked to go and see a young person in the teens. And there was a whole floor on that hospital full of teenagers. And they couldn't even have a bed. They had the whole walls were all padded and the floors. And all those kids had to have mitts on their hands that were tied so they wouldn't hook their eyes out. They'd been so high in angel dust and some of the other things that people do. Captive. They couldn't break free. And somebody says, oh, I'm in control. Are you really? Because there is somebody who can set at liberty captives. And it's not just Alcoholics Anonymous. They try. We were having meetings in a place, and the Alcoholics Anonymous place was just about four doors down from where we were. And they came oftentimes. They were there every night, same men. And there were ten or a dozen of them would come into our meetings. One man came night after night, and he was a fine man, but he had been drinking since he was a youngster, and he still was at it. And he was trying to break clear of it, and he was in his 40s. And this night, I could see in the meeting, he was really, really agitated. And I said, at the meeting after, I said, what's the matter with me? He said, oh, Mr. Goff, we had a, we had a new fellow at the AA meeting just over here. Oh, I said, that's too bad. Yeah, he said, he's 17. He says, he's my son, my own son. And he started to cry there in front of all those men. He learned from his father. You talk about bondage. But the Lord came to set at liberty those that are in bondage, and he can do a good job of it. He's got this rehabilitation process that he goes through, and he starts inside by giving us a new nature and new desires and new loves and new reasons for living. He's got it all figured out. He came so that you and I could have that and even sight to the blind. Oh, I think of this man, and he knew that people like us had a problem. And he came from heaven to this world to take care of people with a problem. Now, is that good or what? I'll tell you, when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. 
Yes, my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ came not only to solve our problems, but to put away sin, which lies at the base of all of our problems. He has died on the cross of Calvary to give us new life and to enable us to live our lives as God intended, free from the bondage that sin brings. Once more, let's listen to the gracious words of the Savior. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Come to him today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.